All right, and three, two, one. We are live once again. Codecast season three episode. I don't even know how many, but we're getting deep in these ones now. Now we're getting into like the good part. Furious competitor series, longtime friend, um, guy that has started a really cool business, which Honestly, of all the business owners I've had on the podcast, I would actually think of all the people that listen to this, Adam's business is probably the one that you've most likely seen on social media, but just don't know. Like once we start talking about it, like, oh, that's that one. Um, So it's interesting. Youngest business owner we've had on from maturity stage of a business, but might also be the most known business we've had on here too, which is Kind of a cool thing as well. Um, my good friend Adam Dittman. Adam, how are you doing, sir? Cody, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me today. No, I appreciate no. it. Hey, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Next time we'll do it. We'll do it live over you know a set of highlights because that always just be like the tagline of our thing. Oh yeah. But I um, love that. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds great. So this is for, just to kind of bring out the genesis of how we, we had Adam on. I've known Adam. Adam, we've known each other now for like what eight years. It's a long time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's been about it's been it's between eight eight and ten years. Yeah, it's nuts around there. Um, yeah. So, Adam and his wonderful wife Tabitha. Shout out to is, is Tabitha hanging out with us there, or is it just you and I doing this one? Just you and I. All right. Uh, yeah, Tabitha is uh, a little under the weather today, and she's also picked up a freelance gig. So Fair. she's of course doing her own thing. Yeah. All right. So this will this one entice you guys when we do season four, we're gonna throw Tabitha in the mix and it's gonna get all sorts of crazy. We'll have all three of us going at once, so we'll see what happens. Um oh, but, yeah. uh so Adam's actually got a really cool business. I, and this is interesting. I've known Adam for a long time and it was it two or three years ago you guys reached out and you're like, Hey, we got this new business we're gonna um start doing and start getting into. And and yeah, I I mean, I mean it was COVID. It was COVID. You know, we were we were catching up, and you're like, "What's going on?" You know, how are you handling all this? And I was like, "Well, it's a little bit different." You know, we've gone all in on this idea, this concept, and it's kind of taken off. So, and yeah, I guess that's where and, we're at. And not to tease the listeners out on it, can you explain? All right, <laughs> give us the name of the business, and give us like how do you describe what you guys do? Because it's got to be way better than anything I would describe in my caveman <laughs> brain. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the concept is called uh, Studio WIP, or Studio WIP, which stands for Work in Progress. Um, we provide street art workshops. So the best way to explain it is um, kind of like a paint and sip concept, but we flip it on its head, and we use uh, aerosol or spray paint. Um, the paint that we use is ultra-low VOC, not to get too technical out there, hopefully... People know what that is, but that's the stinky stuff, volatile organic compounds that's in paint. Um, you really don't want that in your paint anyways. Fair. <laughs> like you don't want to be like creating something and like, you know, like having that. Now, some people like love that smell. I don't. But um, the beautiful thing about it is that I can have a room of like 50 people painting and there is uh, very little odor and we don't, you know, have to worry about wearing a, a respirator or um uh, very little uh, ventilation is needed. You know, you just can basically set up shop anywhere and start painting. 
Um, and it's water-based, right? So that it's like this paint that uh, we're used to. We're used to, you know, having fun with in art class when we we're kids. Like it's the stuff comes off of our hands pretty easily, you know. So yeah, yeah, that's our concept. We treat, you know, we are trying to break down the stigma of spray paint. Um, Chicago-based company. That's you know pretty funny. It's a city that you know you can't buy spray paint in, right? <laughs> you know, you know, it's like oh, so that provided a set of challenges and learned a lot about that um yeah it's a really cool idea you know like just a a good time to come in and express yourselves uh creatively you know take some risks a safe space to take risks and and uh yeah that's that's our core business awesome sir now starting a business during covid is we're gonna we're gonna do a huge tip of the hat there because unfortunately you know, that was a rough year for a lot of business owners and uh, running a business that works with a lot of business owners is watching the pain in people's eyes of like, this is everything I built and I can't do anything but watch this crumble in front of me. Um, Yeah. So for you guys to take, now this is one, like a huge code cast shout out, like for you guys to look at and say like, we're going to throw our hat in the ring. That is something I will forever admonish and thinking that is awesome. Um, How did you guys come up like what happened to get this thing actually going like you share that with the viewers yeah okay so i mean it was i empathize with with business owners especially now when you're building something and you know uh something completely out of your control just comes and rips it away from you like violently right um because businesses are your babies, right? Yeah. They're a part of you. You know, it's like you're, okay, there's some trauma that's associated with that when you rip something away and you have no control over it. I empathize with that. I felt the same way when I was, um, you know, I had a freelance freelance production career. You know, that's what I was doing yeah. for as long as we known each other. Yeah. And um, I had recently you know, kind of turned that in and I started working for a hospitality, one of the largest hospitality companies in the country, the largest independently owned hospitality company in the country. Figure it out. You guys can look that up. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yep. And, uh, and I was doing some venue management, minor audio management and stuff like that. And it wasn't, it was interesting. Um, but I was, you know, focused on, like it was the first time we were making real money and I was like this is awesome and I was like whoa that's gone and I can't go back to my bread and butter because that the entertainment industry was gone yeah um, Tabitha was fortunate enough to be working in the retail space so online retail obviously changed yeah so but then you know to be honest I'll, I'll tip the hat thank you to the federal government <laughs> because I was making, you know, unemployment and I was like, I can take this time and rest, which sometimes I wish I kind of did, or I can, <laughs> I can, cause I'm used to moving and, and like, I got to keep doing something. Yeah. Like I, let's go. Let's just, why not now? Right. Yeah. Cause it's, I'm playing with someone else's money. Right. Yeah. Now. You know, 
Um, and money that, you know, rightfully so, like, I feel like everyone deserves because we were paying into this system and the system was working. Yeah. You know, you, for that particular subset and it, it was working for me. So, um, yeah, I was like, okay, let's go, let's do it. Um, and then also I think Tabitha was just really annoyed with how anxious I was. So she's like, you got to do something. And it really came down to, um, the tumultuous time, you know, that was happening in our neighborhood. Um, George Floyd, uh, and all the events that were surrounding his, his murder, uh, the city of Chicago was going through some changes and, you know, I'm not to make it political, whatever side you landed on, tumultuous things were happening. Yeah. And the best way for me to, to kind of react to that, I was nervous that our neighborhood would potentially, uh, go down a road that I, I, I didn't want. I you know, I'm a, I own property in West Humboldt Park and, um, our little plaza that has two grocery stores, you know, has some big box stores, has some small mom and pop businesses there. I don't want to see that like vandalized and like totally ruined. So I had a bunch of paint. I knew a bunch of artists and I just started painting and, um, it worked out. And then the landlord was saw something he had vision he's like well i've got this empty storefront let's get you in there and we worked out something that you know i was able to get into a three thousand square foot storefront that i really had no right to be in yeah <laughs> but i you know and it was you know it reads you know uh rents on that is crazy but he gave me you know he was he was like our first patron and um gave me time right? To think about what our next move was. Cause we didn't really come up with the concept until our backs were up against the wall. And I was like, it wasn't until 2021 where, um, it, we were doing workshops, but it wasn't clicking. I was like, okay, let's do something. Let's do a, uh, a, a Valentine's day thing where couples can paint together. And that's what kind of took off. And mm. it was, you know, it was TikTok and Instagram and then reaching out to folks who had pull within that space who were micro influencers and, you know, reaching out to, and also just the timing of that, like Chicago was opening up and we had 3000 square feet so I could space people out properly. It just kind of all really, the timing of it worked really, really well. Yeah. I mean, every game was paused there. If you think about it, right? Like, there's so many different things inside of that as well, where it's like, I have to do something, right? Because it, I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs are, are anxious by nature. And it's like, one of the things that's a cure or an alleviator of anxiety is action. Because at least it's like, okay, now I'm at least doing something. And if this fails, at least I'm doing something. And if it fails, fine. <laughs> but there's another thing, like, you and I talk about this all the time is, okay, landlords, like, hey, I'm going to give you some time and give you some patience. So there's this stigma that we always try to decapitate. I know it's a strong word, but I'm selectively using that word intentionally. We try to decapitate. Is there's this vision out there that people think, like, you know, the guys that have businesses, they don't want other people to win, or entrepreneurs don't want other entrepreneurs to win. And I, I aggressively think that's false. Like, there's nothing more of guys that have run the journey that want to see guys jumping in the journey win. 
Because it's cool because it's yeah. like, hey, he's gone through it as well. There's only so many of us, so it's almost like a cult. The, the, it's the one thing, and I'm sure you might have found this as well, is that it doesn't matter your political spectrum. doesn't matter what you do. Ethnicity, creed, sexual preference, religion. Business owner to business owner creates one of the most relatable relationships that could possibly exist because it's all the things you and I laugh about where it's like, you done this one? Yeah, like, yep. Oh, yeah, that's, that's that part of that side of things. So it's just kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I he had he didn't have to do much, you know. He didn't. It was it was good for him. He saw the potential. Like it was a roll of the dice. Like listen, these guys they might do something cool. They did something great for my plaza. You know, we painted all the boards that were on all the stores. I mean, I have color. I have I have art. I have vibrancy. I have the perception of a safer space because it was safe. It had security, you know? So he's like, yeah, this is the least I could do. And I do give him, you know, a lot of respect. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I wish I could still be in that space because I love walking to work. (laughs) I wish I didn't have to move, but you know, eventually he had to make a better business decision and, um, big box retail rents are, you know, that's like, uh, a calf, right? It's like a guilty yep. calf. You want to, you need it. Like those are fat. Let's do it. Let's grab it. So I don't blame him necessarily for us for having that move. So it was, it's cool, but you know, it's interesting, you know, like entrepreneur to entrepreneur, it's tough to ask sometimes, but like, Hey, I don't know. I mean, at least for me, um, it might be because of my upbringing, you know, maybe that's my own ego that I have to check in. Um, that am I is my business good enough to ask you know like hey you mm. know you know like I I think we're we're in some cases some like oh you just do art but yeah I just do art but you know I don't I'm not the type of person to like to throw out numbers either right yeah so it, it's kind of a weird thing it's a delicate thing and it's okay to be under the radar too for us sometimes I don't know. I'm a little distracted there. It's I'm currently in like a landlord dispute right now, so I'm kind of like salty. Yeah. But <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, that's that's another conversation. Um, so you guys get this thing started, get it up, get it off the ground, and get it rolling. And you know, I, I think one of the things that could be helpful is the fact that a lot of business owners that I, I talk to that'll ask me like, "Hey, I'm I'm getting going. I'm getting started. I finally have enough workload." Should I hire more? Should I hire somebody? And that's like the the hire number one is the scariest and sometimes the most helpful because you realize all the things that you were doing. You're like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And you're closer to that stage than the folks that work for me have been with me for years. But walk me through, like, what what was that like for you? Because I guess you can give insight into this. That's more fresh. When you guys went to start hiring employees, and how much different did that change in your mindset of the business you were running when you had to hire and had payroll breathing down your neck? Okay, yeah. So this is a complicated question for me. Straightforward. You pull, you laid it out beautifully. Um, what I've noticed in talking to folks like like you, Cody, and some other you know building our my team, my external team, like those folks who have been who are experts in financing, who are experts in real estate, like picking their brains um, because they're true champions for our space and they see my vision and they see our vision tab of them, you know, 
and they've helped me navigate some of these things. I, you know, had another partner at one point before Tabitha came in to be, you know, my, I mean, she's my wife, my best friend. It made sense, right? But um, on paper, a partner. So I went through this process, but, and I guess you could say that was my first choice. I chose someone who had the skill set right off the bat, and we connected really, really well. And um, it just turned out that uh, it, you know, there were going to be some personality disagreements that just were never going to be able to to work if I wanted to scale yeah. to, to fulfill that dream that I see or that vision that I see. Um, and I had to make some choices quickly and, uh, I kind of put a lot of stress on myself and put stress on the business to maybe do a five year to eight year process and cram it into something closer to one and a half to two years. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that gave me, and why I've been that up, so that gives me, pers- we've had, we hired people together. Yeah. And, pe- and people have been with us through that shift. Some have stayed, some have had to go because yeah. it's like, okay, you know, we hired, like, you looked really good in comparison to what I was dealing with on a partner level. Um, but like now that that dust is settling and I've, starting to see through that, that fog and realizing that, okay, you know, let's try to make this work, but if this doesn't work, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, you know, those, those lessons. And then I, I love taking risks with, with people. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, empowering the right person, um, will pay, in just in loyalty and dividends over and over and over again. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, so I guess like right now when, when we're building our team, I'm looking at it a little bit differently. Um, it's, I feel good where we're at. You know, we have 14, four core team members that are on a full-time basis and that's awesome. I'm still like, the whole goal is to kind of make yourself uh, more or less a redundancy, right? So you yep. can just, you know, you're, you're whatever analogy, captain of a ship. I like to think of it more uh, of a conductor. I have all these. I'm looking for those first chair players in the orchestra who are just killing it. They're like the best here, the best here. And together we can create beautiful music. Yeah, man. All right. You know what I mean? And, um, Maybe I have some, I think I have some first chairs. I, I really do. But now I need them to realize that. Mm. And I need them to start pulling in other people who want to learn from them. Right. Yeah. And then I, you know, and so then we can really gel. So, and having two distinct teams, one in Chicago, one in Atlanta, that, that has been a cool challenge to, to kind of work with. Like, how do I make sure that, these two GMs are talking to each other and have allies so they don't feel siloed. Yes. Because we can't do that. I mean, we're just not a big company, but we're 
we're covering a lot of space. Totally. And it's, all, it's yeah. like the relatability uh, factor when you have someone that knows exactly what the other person is doing and those two people can collaborate. Because there's oftentimes there's things that those two will figure out that you didn't even see because <laughs> it's just the lens of which they're viewing it through. The lens that they're viewing through, they deal with similar problems every day. Right? Yeah. And I, I want them to be problem solvers and find solutions. And I slowly have starting to see that shift of where like, hey, this is how I communicate best. Tell me your problem. Tell me how you think you're going to solve it. And then we can, yeah. I can tweak that. Sure. Instead of, I hate telling people what to do. Sure. Correct. I could do that because I was doing your job. Why don't you rephrase your question? You know, so I, you know, and all that. Because yeah. there's so much to learn that I don't know that I need to go figure out. I need to go figure it out. I don't want to be dealing with the same problems over and over again. That's why you're here, you know. And you ever find too when you empower people to come up with the solution on their own, they take so much more ownership over it versus you just telling somebody what to do? Yeah, and that's beautiful, right? And you know the the tough thing, and this is the lesson that you know I, I'm hearing from people, and also that I'm, I'm experiencing, and I'm trying to adapt quickly, um, is letting them own it, right? Yeah, you got it. Okay. You decided to do that. Let's go. Yep. And you know what? Is that what I would have done? Probably not. But is it getting done? Yeah. Okay. Is it better? And then we can look at it. Like, is it more successful? Is it less successful? Um, you know, and then just kind of roll with it. Because, you know, at, at a base level, it got done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it got done. Um, and, you know we can grow together to make it make it even easier or smoother or I can learn that like, oh this method is way better. I can't yeah. believe I was doing that, you know? And there's there's this thing that it took me a long time to really swallow was we can look back at it and like, is it as good as I would have done it? Maybe not. Mm. But I think the one reality we know to be true is that no one cares about the business more than you care about your own. Right. As much as we want to empower people to think that's the case, like I just that's just not rational for us to think about it like that. But there's an interesting thing I've come to find is that when you empower other people to make the decision, okay, maybe the outcome wasn't exactly as good as you would have made it, but it freed up your time. And because I didn't have to spend a bunch of time doing it and it got done, it was still good to cross the finish line and presentable and acceptable to us. And it didn't burn a bunch of extra time that I would have taken to do it. Maybe that is the better win in that scenario. That like, I mean, you know, it's like you and I, like, for instance, like my door handle on my office door, right? You, you and I could sit there for hours, like, should use brass, should use rolled gold, should I use maybe a slightly different silver or maybe a more polished gold, right? And like somebody else that we hire might walk up and be like, you guys are idiots. Just put a handle on the door and let's go. We're done talking about this. So, it, yeah. It, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I mean, it's, you bring up some great things and also kind of like reliving some experiences that I've had question, you know, conversations with, with, you know, a former partner saying like, nothing's ever good enough for you. Um, and that does hit home, you know, like, yeah, like, but partner to partner. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing's ever good. Right. Um, am I going to have the same conversation with an employee who just like, Obviously, the effort was there, and they really worked hard to get it done. 
no, I'm going to support them. And then, but I am, I think it's also our duty to challenge them too, right? Correct. We need to, and I, you know, that's the thing. I like to have a work-life balance. I like, which is non-existent for an entrepreneur, but like. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I was like, can you ever, yeah. No, I love the the brutal honesty of that. That's that's the one part no one likes to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go on for hours and hours about that. But I do like, I think it's a benefit for our employees to say, hey, I'm going to respect your time. And when you're off, you're off. And I I stick to that. Because we're selling art, you know, we're selling creative experiences. This isn't brain surgery. This isn't fixing your cars. This is, this, I think it's a necessity for people to experience art. And I think it's good for their health. Yep. Um, you can, you know, I can bring up countless articles and quote countless professionals, mental health professionals that are like, yeah, like that's totally cool. It makes you a better human, but I am no dummy. Our society views the arts as a luxury. So there is no, like I'm waiting for this societal shift where, you know, uh, the federal government funds the arts like it funds oil, (laughs) you know, uh, you know, wouldn't that be a great time to be alive but i i know that this is also a luxury it, and you know and we gotta it's not rocket science though and anyway, go I think, away tomorrow. you know, yeah. brought up an interesting point shout out Alyssa casada season three episode four uh charitable worker but she actually has a degree in therapeutic art so oh, cool and the more i started to study it afterwards he's like anytime i hear something like that it's always something i study and i think art like i grew up Kind of like a blue collar guy working, you know, a metal field factory or the rain. A whole lot. No one's talking about art over there. But the one thing I, I got really exposed to art, it, I emphatically would say it makes me think different because you look at a piece of art and you always go, huh. And you start to see it like, what am I trying to see here? And I think the practice of that helps a lot in life where it allows us to see different paradigms of how people might view something and thus. Uh, sheds a lot of our own ego because when we can see someone else's eyes and how they're viewing something, it gives us more perspective and it can also be a better communicator with that person. So it's funny that art does a lot of those things. We just don't realize it's doing it because a lot of times it's in your subconscious that it's happening. Right. So. Uh, Yeah, that's, yeah, you're right on, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a powerful, it's a powerful tool. And it's it's one of the things I wish people gave more chance where it's like, I don't know, to your same degree, right, the federal government, I even take another different step further, like how much money they put in like pain meds, right? That's not really good. Yeah, so like art is like, no, we're not doing that. It's like, why don't we at least try? Let's try this first. But that, that there's not enough, like I almost feel like there's not enough like. Yeah, and that is such a, that's actually such a better, you know, connection there than the one I brought up. I mean, that's exactly either way. it, you know, but it, it's. Yeah, you know, sometimes moving, and that's what we bring to the table too. Is like you know, you're not sitting down during our experience. You're up. You're moving. You're creating. You're you're you know, you're trying to tap into as many neuron synapses as possible. You know, we're attacking your eyesight with all this color and the sound and the the rattle of the can, the the hiss of the paint coming out of the cap the feel of it right yeah like, man okay the only sense that we're we're not really touching is the taste part and i think that's awesome any experience that you've 
can go back on. You're like, oh man, like why was that such a profound moment in my life? You had multiple of your senses engaged. Yeah. Okay. And that what that does, it, it, it really, it, it imprints into your brain. And I just love it when people start realizing that, you know, they're like, yeah. oh, why do I keep going back to this one thing or this one restaurant or this or that? Or that? You know, it's because so many things happen, you know, just that one moment all sandwiched together, stamped into my brain. Okay. It's awesome. So, yeah. I never thought about it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Um, We get to have these memory dividends, I I think I call them, Mm -hmm. where, like, you get to relive it over and over and over in your head, and it's like the joy is still there. That is pretty cool, Mm -hmm. because anytime I've ever gone to, like, an art exhibit or done an experience, like, I always have a really good vivid memory of it. Interestingly so. Um... I'm with you guys. So we got location number two, rock and rolling. Shout out to the, uh, we have a couple listeners I think that actually do live in Atlanta. So if you guys are looking awesome. for uh, an interesting experience, you're like, all right, I'm kind of t- I'm kind of digging what this guy's about. Adam, where is your guys' Atlanta location located at? Yeah, we're at 1020 uh, White Street. Lee and White is the complex. Uh, it's in the East End. West End, excuse me, West End. Uh, really cool. It's off the uh, Beltline, which is is really neat. Atlanta has got this great. Um, I mean, it's a belt, you know, essentially, but it's like uh, the six hundred six, but a circle, yeah. which is great. So there's a little part that's broken. We're on the back end of it, and um, it's lots of money. People are pouring into the development of the area, and there's a nature path, that, you know. And the one thing that Atlanta really does have going for it, it has great craft beer. And even for our non-alcoholic drinkers, every brewery has their NA, yeah. you know, soda or something that they're creating. So the crafts and the artisan quality is there. And it's just a, it's a really good um, experience. And I'm happy to be at Lee and White. They're great partners. And I'm actually curious to ask you this too, all right? Since you know, you drink beers. I actually think a lot of times you and I have met, we've had some sort of beers involved. Chicago, arguably, yes. you could say is one of the best beer cities in the U.S. Who's got better beer? If you sure. could, if you could, better beer coming from Atlanta or Chicago right now? Yeesh. It's really tough because they're. Oh wow! It depends on what you like. Fair, to be honest. And I guess it's totally fair because you can't compare like a Chicago Midwestern beer to like New England because this is different styles like to like West Coast beer because it's just different. It's hard to compare like yeah. hazy IPA to like an APA that's like tightly filtered. It's you can't compare an apple to an orange. It's kind of tough. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's just you know um, there's so many different types out there. Uh, I can't even. I'm not even gonna, Cody. I'm not even gonna go down that road. Fair. No, it's a different rabbit hole. We could sit there and you know ponder for hours. And once again, taste is subjective, though, right? So it's in the eyes of the beholder, in the tongue of the beholder. I think the that makes sense. Of the beholder. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. Codecast original tagline there. We'll get shirts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> taste is in the, the the tongue of the beholder. Um, and so, <clears throat> so we got our two locations up and running. You know, obviously we can't let all the hat the cat out of the bag. Well, Can't. it's three, three locations. Sorry, right? three locations. Yeah. I actually drove past the other one today. Uh, I was with my girlfriend. And I was like, oh, I could drove past Hardy Boys. And I was like, yo, this is actually where I first, I met Adam and saw like it finally come to life. Where I was like, this is legitimately it. It was yeah. like, this is real. Um, yeah. 
what's next for you guys? I mean, because this is the cool part. At, we'll have Adam on actually probably. We're going to try this on an annual basis because they're in the high growth stage. So for a lot of the other business owners we have, you guys don't see them a whole lot because the business is 15, 16, 17 years old. There's not these big leaps and jumps anymore. But Adam, you're in the mud pit right now, which is the cool part for the viewers. Uh, not so much when you're in the mud. But what's next for you guys that you can share with us? Oh, that we can share. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, man. Well, obviously, we have a big goal of uh, my idea was nine cities in nine years, you know? Um, and people might feel like that's pretty slow, but nine, yeah, nine locations, nine years, nine cities, nine years. Um, or was it five years? Something around there. Hey, what can we say? Like, it's very, we, we know what's going on week to week. We know what the vision looks like long term. That's those midterm yeah. ones that are fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. So we do, we do have some perspective, uh, I, some really good perspective locations potentially opening up um, in the Midwest, but in Texas potentially. And then we also have a good perspective in the East Coast. Um, so excited about that. Um, but really, you know, we're, we're playing the game here in Chicago, so we're trying to um, acquire a, a building that we're currently in. That would be a good step forward and really, like, leverage some of the licenses that, you could, licenses that the building could get, potentially, to really see some different revenue streams within um, the space rental business. And, you know, you know when, we're, when the lights are off, we should be able to rent it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, looking at that, and excited about that. But, you know, I'm, you know, a big thing for us, which was a goal for last year, was to build our community partnerships and really push those forward. And they are, which I'm excited. You know, just keep fulfilling those promises to um, local um, schools that we're working with, uh, chambers um, that we're uh, trying to push their mission along. Um, nonprofit groups. I have to do a shout out to Polaris Academy and Embark, two separate organizations, but they are awesome and they've been um, fulfilling kind of that philanthropic niche or itch that I was looking yeah. for to fulfill this year. So I'm excited to keep those partnerships going. So yeah, um, it's. I would love just to to break that million dollar in revenue. <laughs> First one, the first mill is always the hardest one. I mean, that's a testament that everyone will say, man. Yeah, uh, that would be awesome. And I, I think we can get there by being smarter about some of our overhead costs and then being more aggressive and just, you know, making people aware of what we do. Um, and then... Yeah, that, that that would be good. I would be okay with that. Would be a successful year for us. <laughs> now, I guess, Ed, and this is you know one of the coolest things that I'll advocate for is like if you guys have ever gone to the space, like it's just worth going. You feel I can't describe the feeling you get, but you just walk in there and you feel like there's something different going on. Like I don't know how to explain it, but I know in what I'm explaining to be true. So anyone that's in the Chicago area, Studio Whip. I can vouch for Adam and Tabitha. I've known them for a very long time. And Adam, if you could actually, in closing, too, this is something I love that I'm happy you feathered it in there because I actually had a note. That's one of the things I was going to ask. We don't do a lot of notes in this show, but the one thing I was going to ask, because since I've met you, 
Like you guys have always been about helping other people. Like that's n always, if you were to have like, Cody, if you were to build the recipe bowl of Adam and Tabitha, like what's one of the ingredients that's definitely getting thrown in there? Helping other people. That's definitely getting a large portion of it. Walk me through yeah. like the community stuff that you guys are doing because you guys have always talked about it and then backed it up. Tell me about what you guys are doing yeah. in that space. Well, I, you know, like um, our mission statement is to be a good steward of our space, our community, our neighborhood, and a good steward for our artists, right? Like trying to make sure that artists get paid fairly, make sure that they like coming to work. You know, yeah, it's slinging spray paint, but, you know, making sure our rates are competitive, you know, and, you know, compared to other paint and sips, we're already, our base rate is already the top rate for some of these other uh, places. So that's, it starts with there too, right? Yeah. Um, artists are talented. They need to get paid. We need to get paid. Cool. Love it. Um, and then working with like the community is like, trying to figure out which, you know, partnering with organizations like Locals like Embark, they go into underprivileged CPS schools and are like, hey, we're a nonprofit, we're funded. I believe they also, yeah, they have some big backers on their board. Um, we will bring your students to... Uh, whatever piques their interest. And here's our catalog of things that pique their interest. You want to learn how to be a photographer. You want to learn more about street art. You want to know how to weld, you know, and then they partner with smaller artisans like us. And we, you know, they're paying a great rate. It's like, we're not really discounting. They make sure. And if someone doesn't show up, they still pay us. That's now that's awesome. Yeah. But what, I, what that does is that they, that I'm able to, you know, share and I'm able to have these kids are able to be exposed to like a different medium that they understand because they see it all the time. We get to show it in a different way, a more positive way. And then they get to take it and, and just play with it. And, you know, and that's great. Also too, like on our, our for-profit, you know, kind of wing here, our day-to-day -day workshops is that like adults playing is the best thing ever. You know, if an adult can just go out there and just, like, play and, like, just have fun, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, we rarely have issues with people with, with bad attitudes or whatever because we flip it real quick. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. Like, how could you be angry? We just, we just played for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, you know. So, yeah, and, you know, keep pushing forward with that, that whole, like, youthful, like, mentality of like okay let's just have some fun let's do it let's you know i think it, it is the best way to do it and obviously our school programming like working directly with schools we try to tailor whatever they need to do if we have the supplies if we have the artists that are on our team that could do that let's just get them connected and let's just do it right on adam i guess yeah. in closing here um like i said you guys got the youngest youngest business we've ever had on here. And and so I think it hits a lot home or it hits home a lot harder for a lot of our listeners because a lot of listeners want to be entrepreneurs, right? It, it sounds fun. It yeah. sounds exciting, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, being entrepreneurs is jumping on podcasts at 2 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, <laughs> right? That's I, Yeah, like people just think, we, I don't know, a lot of times, like, oh, you just drive around and, like, the money just shows up. Like, that's not how that works. But, um Adam, what piece of advice, I guess, 
you know, we always ask the older business owners that have been around 10 plus years, what's the worst piece of business advice you've ever gotten? But I'd love to ask you a different question. Is yeah. <laughs> people love giving out unsolicited advice all the time that don't own businesses. Like yeah. I just that is never gonna go get out of style. But I'm curious, Adam, what's one piece of advice you could give our listeners that are thinking about, hey, there's a rumbling in my stomach that I want to go out my own and I want to do something big. What's the best yeah. piece of advice you could give them? Is if I'm a CodeCast listener right now thinking about I want to do something on my own, what would you recommend? Like what's the best piece of advice you could give them? Uh, learn to read the room. Hmm. So if that's in a, a business situation or just a situational thing in life, like I saw the writing was on the wall when, you know, when COVID hit, like we were, we were planning a uh, St. Patrick's day celebration at the venue I was working at. I mean, this is going to be a big thing. I was booking DJ. I was getting extra audio equipment, like we're on the river. This is going to be nuts. And Boston was like, oh, no, we're not doing this. And I'm like, well, Boston's not doing it. We're not going to do it. Yeah. And then, you know, we're pushing ahead. And then, sure enough, that's what happened. And it's like, oh, okay. What else? You know, so that, like, really opened my eyes that, like, there are powers that be that you have no control over. Yeah, man. So you got to read the play, read the room. You know, if you see an opportunity, just ask. So this is kind of a compound thing. Like, you got to just ask. And that's the toughest thing to do. Uh, it's just to ask. Um, so that's like my twofold kind of advice there. Again, to, to recap, read the situation. Do your darndest not to put your foot in your mouth. Yep. <laughs> but, if, but if you do, obviously be humble about it. And pivot, 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 you know, so. Right on there. Adam, this has actually been a lot of fun. Um so first episode. Here's to the next one happening. Studio Cheers, episode. Man. Yeah. We'll uh we'll throw the link in the uh, show description. And uh, like I said, if you guys have a chance, I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. Won't. And if you go there, make sure you say hi to Adam. That's part of the experience too. Like that's just that's a Cody <laughs> Troiner plug more than anything. But like, it's always nice to meet the baker when you go to the bakery. There's just something about that experience that's a little different. Um, if you see me, tell me to go home. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, sir. Right. Well, Adam, thank Cody, you so much for having me on the show, sir. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. See you guys.